are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. A uh, question for you today. Have you ever had God show you something that he wanted to do uh, before he did it? If you ever had God show you something that he was wanting to do before he did it? You kind of got to know what was going to happen ahead of time. You know, for me, it was before I became a full-time pastor. I, was owning a, I started a business the, day after, the Monday after Thanksgiving. And the, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, in five years, you're going to be in full-time ministry. Which was, I, I had taken a solemn oath years ago, I will never be a pastor said that before the Lord. So it was kind of a shock. And, and you know, five years to the day, I interviewed with a church in Illinois and went on full-time staff, church of about 1,500 people. Uh, God loves to show people what he wants to do before it actually shows up. He loves to do that. Did you know that? He loves to tell people what he wants to do. Now, we've been in a series called Prophets and Angels, and I'm, we're going to stay with this theme a few more weeks and, uh, you know, we're heading to a new year. I think we could use some prophets and angels in 2021, <laughs> you know, although the Lord says it could be a good year for us. But um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leak some vision for a couple weeks and then really drop some vision on, two, on uh, January 10th. But, you know, in the past we've said, you know, next year is going to be, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next year. But it was a pretty sure bet that the next year was going to be about the same as the year before, you know. But last year was totally different, wasn't it? Last year was dramatically different. And uh, this year, I think, could be very different as well, but it's going to be a good year. God's going to do a lot of good things in our lives, and I'm excited. So we're going to talk about the next two weeks about personal adjustments we need to make in our life, we can make. And then we're going to spend two or three weeks on corporate adjustments as a church, things that God's saying to us about how we need to do church and community and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to stick with our Advent theme, talking about the first coming of Jesus, looking forward to the second. And uh, so we're going to talk about these things. But the main point today, and I just want to say it again, God loves to give his people direction. God loves to show his people what he wants to do before he does it. That's part of prophecy. Prophecy is declaring truth, but God loves to show his people things that are it's kind of interwoven with this, things he wants to do later and kind of shed the light on uh, the future for us. He gives his people direction. We don't have to be in the dark. Now, he can show us as much as he wants to. He doesn't have to show us anything. He can show us a little bit or he can show us a lot and be very specific. But we love it when he, when he, when he does that. A couple of scriptures I want to read this morning. I could, the Bible is full of this, by the way. Amos 3.7. Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Okay? Daniel 2.28. Just for you, Daniel. However, there is a God in heaven, Daniel said, who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. Jeremiah, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about what? Things to come. First Corinthians, Paul writes, 
God has shown these things to us through his Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who looks into all things, even the secrets of God, and shows them to us. God loves to tell his people things he is planning to do. So today we're going to look at an example of this from the Christmas account. Um, There were a lot of people during Jesus' first coming that had no idea that he was on the way. I'd say the majority of the world had no idea the Messiah, Messiah, the Lord God, was coming to earth. But there were people that knew. There were people paying attention. There were people tuned in. There were people that, uh, that, that knew. And one guy had specific information about the coming of the Messiah. So let's stand in honor of God's word. Nick, if you would read this for us, Luke chapter 2, 22. Uh, we're going to put it on the screen. If you just think two slides for us. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. All right. Thank you. I wasn't sure how much I had on that slide. So Simeon was a guy who lived in Jerusalem. This is what the Bible said about him. Good things if it was said about us as well. He was righteous. But he was living in right standing with God. He was devout. He was dedicated. He was tuned in. The Holy Spirit was on him. And he was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come. Now, Simeon had been, he knew the Bible. Most most men, especially in that day, knew the Old Testament forwards and backwards. Most of them had the, the, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, memorized Many memorized entire Old Testament scriptures. He knew what the prophets had said, and he was excited. And even though they were waiting for thousands of years for the Messiah to come, he read the Bible and just had this eager anticipation that it was soon. He knew it was soon. You know, when we live connected to the promises of God and eagerly anticipate them, a lot of times another layer comes. It's one thing to know the promises of God. It's another thing when you're just engaged with them, when you know they're for you, when you're you're hopeful you're going to see them show up in your life. When you do that, a lot of times the Lord gives you another layer. It's one thing to know the Word. It's another thing to be spiritually and emotionally connected to it. How many of you guys have ever read the Bible, you're reading through the Bible, and something just kind of grabs you on a level that's just, just more than intellectual? You just feel something in your, in your gut just kind of jump or it's like, ugh. And it even brings, you've been just reading the Bible and all of a sudden it's tears. <laughs> it's like, where's that coming from, you know? You're, you're connected to it. And when we live that way, connected to the promises of God, eagerly anticipating them, and this other layer comes, uh, we hold on to it. Now, many of you guys in this room today, there are promises either just from the Bible in general or something that God has spoken to you, and, and, and you've got it. You're holding on to it firmly, because <laughs> you just have a lot of hope that God's going to do some cool things. Well, that's what hope is. It's the anticipation that good things are coming. And, and, and we have to do that with the promises of God. And, and Simeon did this. He's, he's wait, he had this promise from God that what was going to happen? Simeon, you're not going to die until you see, what? The Messiah. Imagine this. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people have been waiting and waiting and waiting. 
God picks this one guy and says, Simeon, guess what? You're not going to die until you see him. Now, I don't know if he had prayed that and asked that from the Lord or God just dropped it on him. You know, it'd be like if someone said to you, if the Lord whispered to you, guess what? You're not going to die until you see his return. Dude, wouldn't that be something? You're gonna, in your lifetime, you're going to see it with your own eyes. Now, I would, I, would, I would love that, you know. But his heart was filled with anticipation of what God told him. Every day he went to bed thinking about maybe tomorrow's the day. Every day he woke up, I wonder if today's the day. He was excited. So he waited and waited. Not sitting around watching TV kind of waiting, but actively connected to the promise. Praying about it, waiting, thinking about it. And it fueled him. Now, something we don't talk about in church a lot, you don't hear it a lot of times, is waiting. Waiting is a spiritual discipline. Waiting, you're not going to receive anything from the Lord without waiting for it. Some things he'll just drop on you. He does that. But most of the things we have to wait and we have to wait and wait. You know, you've experienced this in your own life. God's given you promises. He showed you things. You had to wait for them. You know, I always write down my, my prayers. When, I'm, when I have my time with the Lord, I'm praying and I'm reading the word. And when I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying something to me, I write it down. And I'll have prayer lists, things I'm praying. And every once in a while, I'll go back and get one of my old prayer lists out. And I was praying for the guy that Amy was going to marry. And now she's married. I was praying for her to find her career that God had for her. And then God did it. And I'm praying these different things. And I look back and I realize, man, God's been answering my prayers. And it's awesome. But they didn't happen right away. It took a lot of prayer and a lot of waiting. You've got to stay connected by faith, believing that God's really going to do it because we doubt. You rehearse it. You remind yourself. You tell other people. When you're really excited about something, you tell other people, hey, I got a guitar for Christmas. I'm excited. You know, it's, it's fun to get it. It's fun to tell people. I got $185 that I'm going to give to Pastor Greg after the service as an offer. I, I, loved, I love to hear those things, you know, because you're excited. Waiting is like a hallway, and this is where we get confused. You get a promise from the Lord, and it's like you come to a door, okay? And you open up that door, and you expect, well, as soon as I open the door, there's the promise. But what do you find when you open the door? You find a hallway, and it's a long hallway, <laughs> and there's doors all along the way, and you can't see the other side, and you start to walk, and you grumble a little bit. Well, God, I thought the, I thought the promise was going to be right here. What, what's the deal with this hallway? And the Lord says, just trust me, keep walking, and you walk through this hallway, and you can be tempted to take shortcuts. There's all these doors, distractions. We can, we can get off track. You know, Abraham got the promise from God that he was going to have a son. How many years did he wait? He waited a long time. But the day came when it showed up. And as you go through this hallway, and you're waiting, and you're walking, and you're waiting, and you're walking, you come to another door, and you open that door, and boom, there's the promise. But there's a hallway in between, and we get confused about that sometimes. And in the hallway, you can't just be lackadaisical. You can't be lazy. You can't be... You got to be focused and you got to keep fix, your eyes fixed on the end of that hallway and you got to keep moving. And Simeon did that. He's like, man, I've got this amazing promise from the Lord about something God's going to do. I'm going to hold the Messiah in my arms. 
the consolation of Israel, what people have been waiting for for years. I'm going to see it. I'm going to hold him. And I'm, I don't, I'm going to dance. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he had in his mind. He had this picture in his mind. Well, eventually Simon came to that door. And we don't know how long he waited. But as he lived tuned into the Holy Spirit, it says the Lord, um, I said, I like, the Holy Spirit nudged him. You know, well, give somebody next to you a nudge. What's a nudge? Come nudge somebody next to you. Like, hey, hey, yeah, wake up there a little bit. Get a little, get a little bit of a nudge. And that nudge is, hey, it's time. One of the things I've, I've seen the Lord do over and over again in my own life, you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and all of a sudden, bam, there it is all at once. Just boom. It's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. You know, just, it happens quickly. And I don't know what that nudge looked like. I don't know if God pushed him off the chair or tapped him on the shoulder. But he felt that nudge of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit whispers, today's the day. <laughs> today's the day. And, man, he got up took a shower, <laughs> put on his Cole Hans. He got dressed in his good stuff, you know, and man, he, he makes a beeline for the temple, and he's there. And we don't know if he waited 10 minutes or 10 hours. <laughs> but suddenly, through the courtyard, here comes this couple holding a baby, and something in him just jumped. And I could just hear the Holy Spirit again saying, that's him. There it is. And I don't know if he ran to him or he waited, but I know he went to this couple. He took, his, took this child in his arms and praised God, saying this. So let me just read the whole thing. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Now, there are, there are things happening in this whole process. I'll just kind of drop them on you real fast. The law of Moses had a whole list of things that you, some hoops you had to jump through when you had a baby. Uh, the mom was considered ceremonially unclean, and she had to go and make an offering uh, to restore to the daily life of, of uh, worship in the temple. Usually if they were far away, they wouldn't do it, but Bethlehem was six miles from the temple, from Jerusalem, so they just, Mary and Joseph went. Uh, they would offer a sacrifice, and Mary and Joseph could not afford a, a, a sheep, you know, or a ram, uh, or a goat. They could just, the, the law said you could get two turtle doves and offer those because they were poor. Uh, you go to have the baby circumcised if it was a male child. On the eighth day, it, recognized, it, re it represented them coming into the covenant community of Israel at that time. And the village rabbi would normally meet them there and perform the ceremony. But uh, I don't know if their, their uh, rabbi from Nazareth probably didn't make that long journey, but that's what they would do. Uh, they would close the ceremony with a prayer and a cup of wine they would share. And then they would present the baby to the Lord and say, Lord, this, this, this child is yours. You know, um, the covenant God made with Israel, every firstborn male belongs to me. So the, the animals they would sacrifice, <laughs> the children they would dedicate. Sometimes we wish it was the other way around. Um, but the animals they would sacrifice and the children they would dedicate to the Lord. 
and uh, they would pay five shekels in silver as a redemption price, and God says, you get to keep the baby. Kind of like when Hannah uh, dedicated, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, what was the prophet? Eli, not Eli, but Samuel. Where did that go? It just left my brain. When, when uh, Hannah dedicated Samuel to the Lord, she literally gave him to the Lord and said, he's going to live in a temple and serve you all his life. He became a mighty prophet. But you pay five shekels, you get your kid back. It's like, hmm, let me think about that for a minute. And then they would, they would, the priest would give a benediction and, say, and then say, Lord, this is, this is yours. Now, I love that phrase that said, moved by the Holy Spirit, Simeon went into the temple. You know, there are times in our life where we need to be stirred up. You ever make Kool-Aid? That's, all, that's going back a ways, you know. Now everything's like pre-packaged, pre-prepared. Back in my day, old curmudgeon says, you'd make Kool-Aid, and you got a little packet of flavored Kool-Aid that had no sugar in it, you know. And as a joke, you know, we'd have somebody over, and we'd take the water, and we'd pour the Kool-Aid in it and stir it up and not put any sugar in it. And say, hey, here's your Kool-Aid. That's nasty, you know. So you got to put the Kool-Aid in it. Then you got to put the sugar in it, a cup of sugar, the packet of Kool-Aid, and then you got to stir it up. Now, if you just put the sugar in it and the Kool-Aid in the water, and you take a drink, it's not going to taste like anything, but you, you got to stir it up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with us sometimes. He gets in there and starts stirring some things up. This is going to be a year of you getting stirred up. The Holy Spirit is going to nudge some people. He's going to stir some people up. I believe the time of his return is soon, and there's, there's, I don't like the word urgency, but time is short, and God's going to begin to stir up his people, and it's going to be very interesting, and it's great to be stirred by the Holy Spirit. You just get excited, and things that you were so concerned about and in love with begin to fall by the wayside, and you begin to focus on him with all this anticipation and eagerness and hunger for him, and he stirs us up. So he stirred up Simeon, and he went in. Imagine if Simeon had slept in that day. <laughs> Imagine if Simeon said, no, nah, you know, I've been waiting for a long time. I really don't believe anything's going to happen today. But he didn't. He heard the word of the Lord. He'd been waiting, and he believed it, and he went. And I love his response where he says, Sovereign Lord, I can, now I can go because <laughs> you've given me what I promised. Wouldn't it be great to live a life and you're just like, Lord, you just did everything you said you were going to do. I got to see the things I wanted to see. Lord, you were awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> That's kind of where he was. I've seen your salvation. Um, you know, maybe as a side note, maybe on the other hand, some of you guys, you know, I like to say, I don't like to say old. It's like Simeon was old. Let's just say he had some mileage on him. Is that a good way to put it? You know, I got some mileage on me. Usually, sometimes I'm the oldest person in here, which is kind of neat. Uh, not today. Uh, I won't name names. Uh, but we got some mileage. And you know, it's easy because some of you have been waiting for something from the Lord for a long time. There's longing in our hearts for God to do some things, to reach our family. Uh, some of us have a longing for revival and to see God move. You know, we have a longing to do kingdom ministry and have a life of impact. You know, we've been waiting, and maybe 
you're not, you haven't been seeing what you want to see to the extent you want to see it. And I would just encourage you today, man, pick up that promise again. <laughs> Hold on to that thing. And just keep praying, keep seeking. And, and just keep holding on to what you feel like the Lord wants to do. It's good. That's what Simeon did, you know. After this happened, real, real quick, an, uh, an 84-year-old woman came up. Now, that's a, that's a long life back in that day. <laughs> People didn't live that long a lot of times. And she, hears, she sees the commotion because Simeon wasn't quiet about this, man. He celebrated. He picked up this arm, this baby in his arms, and he might have been dancing. He might have been shouting. He might have, you know, been, been saying hallelujah. He, I don't know what he did. I'm sure he didn't keep it quiet. And a crowd was gathering, and Anna, this lady, came over. It said that she had been a, a, a married for seven years, her husband died, and she had been in the, in the temple just giving her life to the Lord all those years. Girls married about 14, 15, 16 years old, maybe she was 23 or 24. She spent like 60 years in the woman's court of the temple, just worshiping God, loving him, devoted. And... She sees this commotion, and she had also been waiting for the Messiah to come. Now, God didn't give her a word. The Bible doesn't say that. Maybe he did. But she sees this going on, and she was so tuned into the Lord. Man, she makes a beeline for this, and she sees what's going on, and she understands it immediately. Man, could I be looking at the Messiah? <laughs> this is God's son right here. And it was, it was an interesting time. Now, Mary and Joseph are there. And they got to be thinking, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> you know, they got, that, they got that announcement from the angel. Remember the angel's name? Gabriel. The angel Gabriel showed up, stepped to Joseph in a dream and to Mary in person, live and in person. And we don't know if they'd had any confirmation or any reminders from that day. They were just walking on faith. All the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem by faith. All the way through the birthing process. No angels were singing at the, at the birth. No place to stay. They're outside. Joseph's got to be thinking, God, what kind, of pro what kind of angel was that to give me that kind of promise, you know? Why is this thing going down this way? And then they get to the temple. And then here comes Simeon. And here comes Anna, prophetically speaking over this baby and sharing. And it had to be, had to be incredible. What did he say? I, I wanna, oh, this is what Simeon said. He gives him a prophetic word. This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And to Mary, he said this, and a sword will pierce your own soul. So he gave that prophetic word, and that was pretty deep. But this is very encouraging that they show up at the temple and boom, here all this is going down. Now, what, what does this mean for us? today. A lot of times we have faith to believe that somebody, some guy in the Bible years ago got a prophetic word from God and God came through. Does God still do that today? Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. God loves to show us what's going on. Again, as we face 2021, a lot of things are in the dark. A lot of things are a mystery. Uh, but remember, God dropped a word on us last year for 2020, and we didn't know what it meant at the time. Something's going to happen in 2020 that's going to change everything. That was it. And boy, that happened. 
This year, I'm, I'm hearing it a little different from the Lord. I'm hearing just layer upon layer upon layer about things. God, and it's not just me. I'm not the only, I don't hear from the Lord for the church. We all hear from God together. And, and you have anticipation. Uh, I just want to encourage you, don't, don't give in to fear this year. It's easy to get psyched out by 2020. Man, 2020 had, man, people lost their jobs. Some of you did. Uh, businesses shut down. Just a whole lot of things, a whole lot of layers. People died. A lot of things going on. It's easy to think, man, I'm afraid of what this year is going to look like. But I want to tell you, this is going to be a good year for us. I'm not saying tough things aren't going to happen, but God's getting his people ready for what he's going to do. And I'm excited, and for all of us. Because God likes to show his kids in advance things he's going to do. He likes to show us what he's going to do. It helps us keep pace with him. You know, you ever... You know, if you're walking with somebody and they're walking fast and you're walking slow, it's hard to communicate. If you're walking fast and they're walking slow or vice versa, you know, it's hard to communicate. When you're pacing together, you know, you're walking together, you end up going stride to stride. You match strides and you're walking together. When God kind of shows us where we're going, it helps us to keep pace with him and to know. It also draws us into his plan so that we can be part of it. Isn't that cool how God does that? You know, God didn't need an angel to announce to Mary and Joseph that they were going to have a baby who's going to be the Messiah. He didn't need Gabriel, but he made Gabriel with a purpose. And he said, Gabriel, this is your moment. You get to announce the coming of my own son, taking on flesh and blood, the incarnation. You get to announce it. In a sense, God doesn't need us, but he made us on purpose to work through us to be part of his plan. And with everything that's going to come in the next two, three, four, five years, maybe longer, God is looking for people who will, who will step into that and, and be part of his plan. That's one reason he tells us what he's going to do. And, and kids out there, any, got any kids in the house? God wants to use you too, not immature adults. <laughs> well, maybe immature adults, I don't know. You don't have to be an adult for God to speak to you. You can be seven, you can be 10, you can be 12, and God can speak to you about things he wants to do. The Bible is full of people that when they were very young, God spoke to them and, and started to stir them up for what God had for them. So you can be any age. And he likes to give us a big picture view. You know, I don't think God's gonna give us every detail of everything that's gonna happen next year. I'm not saying that. I don't, know what, I don't know what he's going to tell us. He's definitely going to give us a general sense of what he's going to do. And we'll have to pivot. We'll have to be flexible. We'll have to make adjustments as, a fa as families, as individuals, and as a church. I guarantee it. But I also believe that he wants to give us a big picture view of what's going on. It's kind of cool. Um, and then we have to be like the men of Issachar. I'm just going to drop this real quick. I'm going to come back to it in a few weeks. But when David was going to become king over Israel, uh, the different tribes of Israel started coming to him to sign on. And it says this about the men of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12. It says, the, from the sons of Issachar that came, this is how they were described. Men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. It's important right now that we have men who understand the times 
and know what Israel should do. <laughs> God, is, God wants to give us, he wants to clue us in, not just on what he wants to do, but now that we know what God wants us to do, or now that we know what God's going to do, what do we have to do? You know, I was talking to Mark, a uh, Dallas Willard quote I heard is not, it's not that, you know, what would Jesus do in a certain moment? If Jesus had my life, how would he live it? <laughs> you know, what would Jesus do in reaction to what he heard and saw? And that's what we, we're going to have to make some choices and some decisions as we move together as a community and as families, as, as individuals of now that we know what God wants to do, what are we going to do about it? It takes courage to do that. It's great to hear from the Lord, but then you've got to act on it. And, and we're going to do that in community, and we're going to help each other and walk together, and that's going to be good. So anyway, we saw two older people today, people with, sorry, not older, people with mileage, uh, who made a choice to put their focus on the Lord, and they, they, the Word of God was a priority. Man, they were tuned in. They were devout. Um, and God led them into an amazing event in history. You know, I believe there are things coming that are going to be difficult and they're going to be wonderful. <laughs> and I believe that we're going to see some things that God is going to do that's, that are going to, we're going to tell people about for years. There are things we've been longing for that we're going to see. We just got to stay tuned in. Tuned into Him, devoted to Him, loving him, uh, putting things aside that aren't as important because we can fill our, our, our time with all kinds of things. One thing God's put on my heart this year is um, what I do with my money is very important right now. We're going to talk about that next week. And it's time to read a lot. So I'm, gonna, I'm reading and reading and reading and just hearing what people are saying and do, trying to do what Jesus would do in response, but a lot of reading. Um, this is a year we're going to have to live intentionally, more so than any year before. We're we can't go through this year just carefree and casual. I think we're going to need to be intentional. Uh, based on what God wants to do, we need to take steps to keep pace with him, and he wants to show us his plans this year. He's given us the Bible. He's given us the Holy Spirit. So... Let me give us five things. You can, you can grab hold of one of these. You can grab hold of all five. You can grab hold of two of them. Here's some things specifically I want to encourage us to think about doing as individuals and families this year. Uh, the first one is this. Be a person of God's word this year. Very simple. Uh, one thing we do together every year is we, we read through the Bible together. You don't have to do that. You're not penalized if you don't do that. I love it. So what, what we do as a church, we kind of, we pace it together so we're walking together as we do this. And real simple, we download on our phone or tablet the Bible Gateway app. We go to reading plans. There's one that says Old Testament, New Testament. It's got three or four chapters a day. It takes about five or ten minutes, depending on how fast you read. Every day we're in the Word. Of course, God wants us to study and memorize and do a lot of other things too. But I want to encourage you, if you don't have a plan... Man, pace with us this year and just be in the Word. Simeon knew the Word. He knew the promises because he knew the Word. So we want to be people of the Word this year. Um, number two, be a person of devotion. Okay, a person of devotion. You can be married or you can be devoted to your spouse. Does that make sense? 
You can be married but not be devoted. Okay? We're in, but maybe we're not devoted. So what's it mean to be devoted? It means to, to love, to be a little infatuated with, to study and watch. I just watch Mary. I just watch her sometimes. She doesn't even know I'm watching her, you know, because I just like who she is, <laughs> you know? And, we're, and we stay infatuated with each other. Well, I stay infatuated with her. I don't know if she stays infatuated with me or not. But we don't want to just go through the motions. Church is one of the most boring times. Sunday morning is one of the most boring times of the entire week because we don't come to church with devotion sometimes or with anticipation that God's going to do some things. What God wants to do is way beyond church, let me tell you that. But when we come together, man, it's a special time together. Come with anticipation. Work on your devotion. Connect with Him. Number three, be a person of the Word. Be devoted. Simeon was devoted. Anna was devoted. Number three, be a person of prayer this year. Just five minutes a day. I pray and read the Word together. I get in my chair. I'm in the Word. I talk to God about what I'm reading. You know? Just, just be, tell Him what you think. Tell Him what you want to see. Talk to Him. <laughs> we pray together on Tuesday nights. We're not doing it this Tuesday because we're breaking for Christmas. But come to prayer. We learn, you'll learn how to pray. <laughs> it's good for us. Um, we are going to start the month of January. I wish we had done this last year. <laughs> we really needed it last year. We're going to make the month of January a month of prayer and fasting. We're going to just have extra time to pray. We're going we're gonna to fast, whatever you want to fast. And we're just going to seek God for this year. God, we want what you want for this year. We're just, we're just trying to tune in, grow in our devotion, and we're going to pray. So be thinking about that. You know, you can take mulligans where you need to. We're not... You know, spiritual disciplines can be a trap for people because if you mess up one day, people punish themselves. We don't do it that way. You know, you mess up a day, you messed up. We just keep on going, you know. If I'm going to be up in Illinois with my family for a couple days. I probably won't fast during those days, but I'll be fasting every other day. So we fast and we pray and just seek the Lord. Number four, ask him. Ask him. Do you want to know what he wants to do in this world? with your family, with people around you, with this church, ask him. God, show me stuff, <laughs> you know? Show me what you want to do through my job. Show me what you want to do through my ministry. Well, I'd love to know what's on your mind. Ask him. I, kind of, I, I wonder if Simeon didn't ask the Lord ahead of time, God, I'd love to see the Messiah before I die. And the Lord says, you got it. That's what we're going to do. I don't know how it went down. I like to think that Simeon was tuned in and asked. I've asked the Lord Jesus, God, I'd love to be alive during your return. I'd love to see it. Front row seat, man. <laughs> I'd love to see it. It's okay. Ask him. And then number five, be a person who responds to his nudges. When he starts stirring, don't ignore it. Don't blow it off. Don't get excited for a day or two and then quit. Some of you guys right now, I've looked at your life over the last couple months. God's stirring something up, okay? He's stirring something up. Don't, don't get back to normal. Don't settle down. If he's stirring you, get stirred, okay? Press in, as they say. <laughs> Push forward in what God has for you. Don't, if the Holy Spirit's doing a work and you start feeling some anticipation and excitement, stay connected to that, 
You know, God's stirring up some hunger. Some of you guys who are younger, he's given you a little bit of a picture of your life and what he wants to do. And just imagine if you just, if you just act on that and seize it and become a man of the word and prayer. God's going to use you. He's looking for people that he can work through for these last days, and it's going to be good. Uh, one thing that Simeon did that I like, you know, it was part of the rabbinical system. When the rabbis dedicated an eight-year-old, eight-day-old boy after circumcision, uh, he would bless them and, and pray for them. When Simeon took the baby in his arms, he, he blessed that baby, and he prophesied, and he prayed over him. Uh, wouldn't it be cool this morning uh, if we just prayed over our kids? Uh, no age limit, wherever you, you want to do the cutoff. If they could be 21, if you want to pray over them, it's okay. They could be five. But what if we just took a moment just to pray over our kids? If your kids aren't here, you can pray over kids that are here, or you can just pray for your kids that aren't here. We want our kids to know the Lord. We want our kids to follow Jesus. We want our kids to... Uh, discover and walk in God's plan for them, you know. So, well, why don't you come up and why don't you just pick and grin for a minute in those beautiful cold Han boots, and we're gonna we're gonna just pray over our children for a moment, and once they're here, we're gonna close with a worship song. Let me let me pray over us as we get ready to pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you that you include us in your plan. God, you're so generous, grace upon grace upon grace. Uh, God, thank you that you want to include us in what you're going to do in 2021. And God, we, we sign up for it. We say right here, Lord, we want, to, we want to be part of what you're doing this year. Holy Spirit, come as we bless our children. Lord, give us words that are beyond our words. Lord, even let some just prophetic stuff of what you want to do in our lives just leak out a little bit. Whatever you want to do in this time. Lord, we bless our kids and we thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.